0: i am so excited to have the lovely gina to be here and we are going to talk about her amazing new book the audacity to be queen the unapologetic art and i love that word unapologetic if you know me i'm obsessed with that unapologetic art of dreaming big and manifesting your most fabulous life ah, welcome gina thank you thank you it's so great to be here oh my gosh so where do we dive in? Where, you know, when I was thinking of what I wanted to ask you, um, one of the things that came to mind was when in your life, do you feel like you made the decision to be queen? And do you think it was like one kind of like moment where you're like, I'm done with dealing with this stuff? Or was it a series of tiny moments?
1: I think it's still an hourly decision. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm like depending on what happens okay i have the choice to be queen right here right now or make a different choice so i i made that decision about four times to earlier today so far it's only 1 30.
0: okay because i literally was thinking that before i was getting prepared for this interview i've been um i've been dealing with some mold mold issues in my place oh, and wow. So when I wake up in the mornings, I really, like, don't feel good. And mm-hmm. as I was getting ready for this intro, I was like, what would a queen do? <laughs> and I put on some, like, fiance. And I was like, you're going to put the red lipstick on. You're yes. going to look good. And
1: <laughs> Love that. Yes, yes, yes. Got to <laughs> overcome all of our circumstances, <laughs> including our environment at times.
0: <laughs> yeah. So was there... Um, <clears throat> a moment that you felt looking back in your life that really shifted you onto a different path. I know in the book you do talk about that moment you decided to move to LA. That was a big one. That was a big one. Um you know, I think we're we're defined
1: as much by what we say no to as what we say yes to. And so, you know, there's some been some career highlights of like things that I've said yes to that have really advanced things, but I think that, um, you know, women getting great at making decisions about, not, you know, not coming from a place of should, but from a real place of desire. So like really practicing, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Cause I think that so much of probably the biggest reason why I'm so committed to living my life and, you know, being a a student of living my life as a queen today is because of how much of the unlived life I experienced just waiting for my big life to happen. So all throughout my 20s, I was, I was broke, I was in debt, and I just kind of like let my life be that way because I thought, well, that's what happens when you go to grad school. And um, I don't know, like I just kind of hoped that my life would get better one day. And I think that I just didn't know that I could have made different decisions earlier, and I could have made decisions that would have um, up leveled my life, or made decisions that told me I didn't have to struggle financially, or that I can move things forward faster, or I didn't have to pay for dinner with those local loser rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I so much of my 20s were very much an unlived life. So today I'm so much like those are that's there's like 12 years there that I'll never get back. And, you know, I just I don't want to live with that regret um, moving forward.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things you talk about, and I know if this is jumping ahead, but one of the things I love that you talk about is bending space and time
1: yes yes yes,
0: yes. explain a little bit more about this because i love it (laughs) this coming from a
1: woman who's really read the
0: book i i love it
1: um (laughs) yeah i mean you like that it's exactly that you know i didn't know that i could bend space and time and i think i I heard a quote from elon musk recently he said figure out whatever your 10-year goals are and ask yourself how can you accomplish them in six months you probably won't, but you'll accomplish them a lot faster than if you said they were 10-year goals. Oh, my God. I, I love that quote. Right? Yeah. And so I think that it's just like that for for entrepreneurs, for losing weight, for any of it. It's like we've become so available for what other people say about how long something should take or how hard it's going to be or... Um, you know, and if you make a different decision, I think we all know enough about the power of our mind and the, the power of the human spirit, where there's a will, there's a way, and it doesn't have to take that long. Um, there's, there's a place for incremental growth, but not as much as we give it.
0: And what do you say to someone that's listening that's like, okay, well, I feel like, you know, lockdown and all the craziness in the world has just kind of put me in this because I've actually, I mean, I'm in the same kind of space. These listeners are in the same space. We're doing this personal work, but I've, I've felt this way. I'm sure a lot of my, I know my, a lot of my clients have too. Just like, we've been calling it the blahs, <laughs> right? And so what would you say, what would you tell someone that's listening to this that's like, okay, I need to bend some space and time right now to get back the past like six months where I may have not been on top of things. Yes. What would be like your action steps? <laughs> you no, know, it's, um,
1: so one of the qualities of a queen is really, it, it's getting accountability, but it's also getting the support. So I didn't do the blah thing with my career. Like my book came out March 3rd, 2020. And when you write, wait 20 years to write a book and it comes out during a global pandemic, and your book tour gets canceled. I did a really quick pivot um, professionally. And I've, I've generated more money, more impact, more momentum, more awesomeness in my business in the past four months than maybe the past four years. even. Like it was, it, it's been amazing. However, I gave myself full permission to basically act like I was at camp for the past four months. And I've like, every night was Taco Tuesday. It's like <laughs> yes. four o'clock, I was like, want a cocktail? Sure. you like, does today end in Y? I mean, like it's just, and, and I I was like, eh. And I finally got on the scale and I was like, hmm. Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it is time to reverse it because I kept like waiting. I was like, well, when we get out of quarantine, I'll go for a run, or when I can get back to my gym, or you know, I'm sure when I can like book a ticket to Europe and then I'm gonna wanna wear cute clothes. <laughs> like I had like all these, like it's coming, it's coming. And it's like it's still not here, but the scale keeps going. <laughs> So I'm like like this water buffalo feeling like this water buffalo and I have, and here's the worst part, I have no, and I mean zero, uh, what do I I want to say, um, self-discipline in this area. Like, even though nothing fits, even though I bought all these cute summer clothes that I extra can't wear right now, like, I have
0: zero motivation. And which, is, which is why this is even more relatable to anyone listening. Whatever that area is for you, we all have them. I think it's food, it could probably be for a lot of us, but I think, yeah. <laughs> and I was like,
1: okay, time to make a queenly decision. So I do not currently desire the circumference of my waistline. And so I've got to make a change. But what I did was I called my my trainer um and we're doing virtual sessions and i knew that right i had to do personal training every single day right now because left to myself there's no no way i will even take my ass out for a walk so i think all this to say like whatever area the blahs may have gotten to you make the decision to get the support because I I know myself and for me for, I don't always hate working out. I just have to get into the habit of it. And when I do I actually enjoy it. Um but right now that is not it doesn't feel good. I'm not excited about it, none of it. But I am happy to say even while I, we were talking before I even though I while I was on my motorcycle ride, mm-hmm. I was still doing the virtual training. So I'm like wow that's really giving myself a no excuses policy. It's like look at you it isn't about being like overweight or what like I just I don't feel good in my body anymore I'm like I want to get back to feeling fit but I have zero motivation to do it so I'm basically
0: like hiring the success yeah and I think that works in and kind of any investment I feel like for me too if I invest in something that's towards whatever that goal is even if it's like okay I'm going to buy the podcast mic because I want to start the podcast or whatever it is you put some sort of like energy into it yep. and now you're like okay I've I've staked my claim I'm going to do this because I have got more at stake yeah yeah you know like and I
1: always get concerned about women they're like I'm not sure I'll show up for myself I'm like look it. you got to have a super high level of commitment to your own self sabotage if you're going to actually like Sign up for the class, hire the, <laughs> support, hire the trainer, be like, I'm not doing it. Right. <laughs> that's true. Even Even I, I'm ghost my trainer. Oh, go ahead. no, no go, go, go. Sorry. I'm here, like I'm not gonna ghost my trainer at seven AM. I'll show up at seven oh three, but that's the level <laughs> the level of
0: resistance I let myself get to. I'll, I'll be grumpy, but I'll be there. <laughs> Totally. Oh my god. When I used to have a personal trainer, I would be like I would spend the entire session just like making faces at him. <laughs> <laughs> really? But I did it. I went through it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But that actually brings me back to another part of the book that I thought was really cool. Was you talking about kind of getting to know your own self-saboteur or you call it the saboteur right Mm -hmm. which is part of yourself that likes to stop you from showing up as the queen Mm -hmm. you can explain a little bit more about how how getting to know your saboteur how to figure out what your saboteur likes to do for people listening sure sure look and that's part of
1: the the fun
0: of all the archetypes that i write about
1: in the book that Anytime we're not making choices that lead us to living our best life, it means that something else is running the show. And this conditioning started from a really young age and it's usually we're super unconscious to it. So, you know, I'm not not consciously waking up and saying, you know, I want to make sure none of my clothes fit. I want to make sure that I don't feel great right now. But the saboteur was like... um, you know did you want the 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 peanut and pretzel mix with that cocktail <laughs> sure <laughs> so um i think that when you're really committed to queenhood you'll start to see like okay i i could really see where i'm not going to make a choice that leads me in the direction of my dreams right now mm-hmm. and when you really respect yourself and you can start to observe your own ways of self-sabotage and your own saboteur energy i think the at least for me the biggest reason why i would go into sabotage was because i would think my also my programming was i would have to do everything i'd have to muster up all the energy i'd have to like figure out the right fitness routine like i'd have to do it all and now that i am more committed to queenhood i can spot it and be like, okay. Uh, you know, left unsupervised, I am not going to be in a sports bra at 7 a.m. Like it's not going to happen. And so, I then made a choice. So I made a choice to, you know, um, you know, invest in the support. And before in my earlier days, when I like didn't always have the money to hire a personal trainer five days a week. Um, I would have had to make the decision to make the money to do that and to really become unavailable for struggle in any form, financial struggle, emotional struggle, health struggle. And so, and then you start to see like, it's, it's doable, it, it, it becomes easier. But I think that really knowing that getting out of sabotage can be a lot easier with any form of support or mentoring or expertise, because uh, it's not where you want to be in the first place
0: absolutely but i want to hear more about that being unavailable for suffering or struggling Uh uh-huh so how do we get there so we have to become a lot of people whether they would admit it or not like to hang out in the struggle or comfortable maybe comfortable hanging out in the struggle
1: i think there's two things that that this boils down for one is People don't actually believe something else is possible for them, so people will be available to struggle financially um, when they don't really think that growing their business or whatever is going to really actually work for them. And so, and we're especially we women, we're very sophisticated with like all of our our reasoning and the whys and the ex- the excuses. Oh my goodness! And so, I think that when you You know, part of what, and I know it's my book, but I don't really take credit for it because it's like I was just the vessel and then the download came. But part of what's genius in the book is the simplicity of things. And when you really get that, everything is a choice. And so where you live and what kind of money you're making or the relationship you've got with your team or with romantic love it's like we're too powerful when you know about brain training, when you know that your thoughts create your reality, when you know that you're meant for the epic life and your spirituality is your superpower, it's, you gotta, you, you, you by definition start to take radical responsibility and you take a look at like, why am I suffering in this area? And you, what I've learned is that You know, we're taught that things happen to us and then we just react or respond, but it's really about what you become available for. And I know that that's hard to swallow sometimes because like, but let's look at a physical analogy, like hopefully for you or for your listeners, like you haven't been hit or physically hit in a really long time or ever at all and if that's the case, it's probably because you're completely unavailable to be physically abused, to have your boundaries violated, um, to be around that level of low level behavior. Like you're like, it's like a no tolerance zone. So therefore it doesn't even enter your domain. And when I had to start taking a look at like, I was actually, like, it's not conscious, but I was available for the financial struggle. I was available for a team member to quit, like, mid-launch. I was, like, was available for um, emotionally on a, unavailable men. So when you become unavailable for those things, it's just, like, getting physically hit. Like, it doesn't even enter your zone.
0: And how did that becoming unavailable look for you when you were deciding that around your business? When you were like, "All right, I have the treat team members quitting," or this is kind of the roller coaster rider. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys have to read this book because she has so many good um, analogies. And um, you said it for archetypes—that's the mm-hmm. word I'm for—archetypes like, that you can relate to. And I feel like a lot of my listeners are on the roller coaster rider. Right now, which is kind of like when things can go good, but then things can kind of go bad. And you've kind of like you're on a roller coaster, self explanatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think getting off the roller coaster is probably like you said, becoming unavailable for those lows. And what are, what would the steps that you would tell someone to take for that?
1: So we all we're getting something. Out of whatever it is we're doing doesn't mean it's smart or right or healthy or or any of it But we're we're not doing something if we're not getting something out of it So I really think that it's a kind of a Socrates know thyself moment It's like really take a look at like what are you getting out of being the roller coaster rider? What are you getting out of the self-sabotage or what are you getting out of playing? Whatever the game it is and when we investigate our beliefs we can kind of see how ridiculous they are. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, um, but it's also, it's because of what we've been taught in program. But like, you're like, nobody will sign up for my programs or nobody will purchase from me. Really? There's 7.8 billion people on the planet. You gotta be some slice of extra special, <laughs> like what to, <laughs> to have nobody purchase from you. Or, you know, like weight loss won't work for me or what, like, (laughs) it's actually pretty simple. Like, it's like, what do you mean? It's like, it it won't work for you. Um, And so I think that the, the crazy making just happens in our beliefs that aren't rational, that aren't logical, that can't measure up into the light of day, which is why the accountability or community or mentorship is so important. Because if you say it out loud to another intelligent human being, like, they're not going to be like, yeah, you know what? I know everyone else can lose weight, but not you. I know everyone else can, like, you know, get their next client, but not you. And, um, it's, I want to say about it. I think it's learning to really be there for yourself. That what the big problem is we've made success in whatever form. Okay. For so many other people, but not for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when you start to make it okay for yourself, you tend to drop the drama and you're just like, okay, who do I need to be? And what do I need to do to guarantee my own success?
0: Yeah. I love that. Dropping the drama, I think is a big, that was a big realization for me in my journey when I had just started out and it was actually my assistant that pointed it out to me, <laughs> bless, oh, bless her. and so she was like, she was like, Sandra, you'll have like one thing to do but you'll add on like seven layers of drama to it, and then you'll just draw it out and it'll become this big thing. And after having that heart to heart, I really looked at that and I was like, wow, I am making it so much harder than it has to be. Um, cause it's what you were taught. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's all my mom there now, <laughs> but yeah, we, 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 we pick up these patterns. And then I do believe our generation right now, especially women, we're just, just breaking generational um, patterns left and right and really shifting into that next level of what's possible. Mm -hmm. I love what you said. I, there's this Tony Robbins quote that I always love that my clients give me so much resistance on, which is (laughs) said that, if there's something that you want that you're not like fully going for, you're not like going hundred percent on it's because there is some level of pain associated with you getting it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just such a beautiful, just kind of goes the opposite of what you're saying. That There's something for you in everything. So mm-hmm. there's actually, you're associating some level of pleasure with staying where you're at and some level of pain with perhaps whether it's doing whatever you'd have to do or you think you'd have to do to get there or the responsibility that might be there when you arrive there or whatever's there, you know?
1: And they're all irrational when when you investigate them. Um, You know, anyone who knows anything about weight loss, it does not have to be deprivation. It does not need to be miserable Um, and it does not need to take forever. And anyone who knows anything about success knows that, It's not about working longer hours. It's not about having more responsibility, exactly. It's not about it being harder. Um, I've never made more worked less, you know, like it's like the the more successful I become, also because you get to define your, your version of success. You know, I didn't start my company so that I wasn't about she who makes the most money, the fastest wins. Um, even though I did cross seven figures, went from 24,000 a year to seven figures in three years, but it's because I dropped the drama. Like it did, you know, when I, um, the, the only reason why I'm not going into like a really serious drama thing right now about my cleanse that my post quarantine (laughs) cleanse, um, it's because I've done it before. And when I dropped the drama and just only became available for the, um, the real results, then it actually was a pretty natural process that was not filled with deprivation and it didn't take forever either. So it's like getting into to the reality that the, the big success does not have to be that difficult.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it goes back to what you started saying is that it's having that moment to moment decision of being the queen in it, of mm-hmm. being, I'm gonna do that. Um, you wanna explain the difference between a queen and a princess? Sure, I love that.
1: <laughs> so the princess, there's a couple of types of princess. There's like the diva, there's like the avoidant princess, which is how it, what I used to be about finances. Um, but a princess has a false belief that life is supposed to be perfect. And that when it's not going perfectly according to her beliefs, that something has gone terribly wrong. Where a queen is, has much more wisdom so like a princess mentality is like, but I made an Instagram post and 10 million people, it didn't go viral. <laughs> you know, like, or, you know, I, I'm working so hard on my business. Like, why am I not making more money? And, you know, it's like, well, because your your morning routine you know starts at 8 a.m. and goes till noon and then you take your lunch break and call your friends And then you do a little bit of answer of some emails and then you're at yoga at 3 30, you know, it's like it's, <laughs> um, you know, there's this like mentality around um, how perfect life should be that is just um, not what the wisdom of a queen knows
0: Hmm and so how does how does one shift from princess to queen
1: awareness is first uh you know and the, this is what you know i'm, I'm kind of joking around about it now but um you know this is also where women are just really hard on themselves and there can be this sort of this entitled thing like why haven't more people liked my post but it's because they they expect so much from themselves that if if there aren't really big results, then they're feeling bad about themselves rather than just saying it's going to take a longer time to build up this level of audience.
0: Um, so I think, wait, what was the question? <laughs> How to make that shift if you're noticing some oh. princess qualities and you want to shift into queen. Yes. So I think that well, even just using that same example you gave of kind of like a princess day. Now, what is the flip of that princess becoming a queen and shifting what her day looks like? Sure.
1: So um, you know, the princess is like, I made a post, why didn't it go viral? And a queen would be so committed to her message and her vision and being of service. She would, she would be thinking of how can I be of greater service? How can I, how can my life be used today? Um, how can I make a difference in someone's life and then go and write the next post from that place?
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Showing up differently in your life. Yes, being
1: grounded in a sense of purpose and service um and contribution.
0: And what do you what would you what bleh, bleh, sorry <laughs> you I wrote this down because I thought it I thought it was really interesting because um I hadn't heard it before where you talk about a divine assignment which mm-hmm. is more of like a moment to moment purpose, correct?
1: It can be either. It could be like, you know, you're your big in life purpose, or it could be your moment-to-moment divine assignment.
0: Yeah, I thought this was really cool because when I was reading the book, um, Gina says at one point about how it could some sometimes your your divine assignment is simply like what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. It could simply be like what you like, what's on the agenda today, if, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then, which I like that I like thinking about that as well because I think sometimes. Um, we love thinking about our big, big divine assignment, right? And that's really important too. But if we think about everything that's coming up in our lives as a baby divine assignment, Mm -hmm. our attention, it really shifts the way that we handle it instead of feeling, you know, I know myself, because so much of my energy and my focus is always on serving and my business and like that. So I'm I'm always thinking about that purpose that sometimes when there's like a baby, like life purpose and life assignment going on, I'm like, oh, that's annoying. I just want to focus on this one, you know, instead mm-hmm. of giving it that full reverence of being like, okay, this is a divine assignment in front of me.
1: Absolutely. I mean, every, because the divine assignments, they they show us how to practice presence. And so really allowing yourself to notice what's coming up for you, particularly if it's annoying, um, because like nothing doesn't count, like it all, it all matters. And um, quite frankly, I find some of like the really big picture, vision, transformations like so much easier than um what i would want to discard as like the minutia of the day and um the little annoyances but so for example um i've had this with like team members per se like anyone can bring me like you know i have a background and i As a psychotherapist i have a master's degree in clinical psychology so if you've got like full-blown addiction dual diagnosis like severe past abuse issues you like relationship like any of that i can i can handle that no problem but like placing an online order i can go into shut down (laughs) um like you know um an assistant like require one of the team members like requiring training over like something that I just think is obvious like well I write about in the book (laughs) I can relate so what I but what I've learned with what feels like the minor annoyances that actually create the bigger triggers and not create they tap into the bigger triggers in me it's an area of the of my queenhood that needs further developed So I either need to become unavailable for someone else to not think for their own themselves. Like, so part of my tendency is to think and do for others. Um, And part of queenhood is about benevolent and feminine leadership, where it's taking the time to train a team member and say like, you know, why am I, you know, however you want to say it, but like, you know, what was your thought process on this? Or how come you didn't think that through? Not like in a how come, but like in a how come, you know, you didn't think that through and, and really being there to not fix it for them, but to train so that both of you aren't in that situation in the future. That's not any less important than me writing my book. Like it's, it's whatever the lesson is of the moment for both me and the other person.
0: Mm, Yeah. And when did you, when did you come into realizing that the work you're doing right now with Divine Living and with the audacity to be Queen that this was your divine assignment or this was part of your divine assignment? Whoever you.
1: It's been like you know, like in yoga, strength grows in increments. So it's been such an evolution. It's been, you know, at first I knew that the the story of Queen Esther and the concept of Queen, but then I realized. You can't be a broke queen. <laughs> like it takes a lot of money to be a queen, and I was broke. So then I had to go into like the money making chapter of my life and learn how to do internet marketing and and all of those pieces. And um and then I learned about the um incorporating all of my loves and passions, incorporating spirituality and personal development, and then further on into lifestyle. So I think that it's just been this this growth of evolution
0: and i think that's so good for um a lot of my audiences uh, the i call them heart-centered spiritual entrepreneurs um and i think that so often what i see is them trying to figure out like their whole package right now and i have had similar things where like when i first started i was in like love your body vegan food, that kind of stuff. And I've come like all the way into spirituality and everything I do now. And it's been such an evolution. I'm always like, you don't have to have everything figured out. Just start (laughs) Um, and let Mm -hmm. yourself be on that journey. But one of the things I do love, which kind of comes from that story you said, and what I really uh, saw reflected in the book too, is that you have this um, both, both spiritual and strategic part of you. And that's something that I have to have a training called practical magic, which is like balancing the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that that's because of one, I think the new generation of leadership is us having those both. Right. And I feel like you're just a big role model for that. Um, but I want to dive into the Esther story because I, this floored me. I did not expect this to be in the book. Um, I know the Esther story, and I have these divine feminine um uh, cards that I've used with some of my uh for some of my group calls. I'll like pull a card or whatever, and Esther's come up a, a bunch. And then I saw it in your story, and I was like, oh my gosh! So, can you tell for anyone that doesn't know the Esther story, tell us the Esther story and kind of what that set you off on? Sure,
1: so. The Esther story is, it's a true story. Christians know it from the Bible. Jews know it from Purim. And for anyone else, it really is a Cinderella story where um, Esther was a Jewish orphan girl. Her parents were killed in the war. She got exiled from Israel where she was sent to Persia, where she was treated like a second-class citizen. And she's basically taken out of her comfort zone to be thrown into the palace harem when the king wanted to pick a new queen of Persia. She had to uh, hide her identity. She ends up being chosen to be the queen of Persia, and you would think that that's like the big, like, tada destination. When in fact, right after she becomes queen, there's a law issued to kill, destroy, and annihilate all the Jews. She has to go and risk her life and go before the king, reveal and expose who she really is, and ask for her life and the lives of her people to be saved. And what I really got symbolically for all of us is that Esther's story is, it is each of ours, that we are all that ordinary orphan girl that has a higher calling on her life, and that truly only from the position of queen can we fulfill our purpose. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of other juicy bits in the story, but that's the short version, and I just really take a look at it for um, it to be a roadmap, uh, basically, of the heroine's journey, and for us all to step into our greatness, our calling, and our power.
0: I love it. I love it. And I also love one of the things I always get from Master Story is also trusting in in divine intuitive timing. I felt like that was a really, like she waited until the right moment to pull that card to be able to save the juice. Yeah. Um, Which I think is one of our feminine superpowers is to know when the moment to strike is.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You know, her whole her whole life was, you know, we see that this moment right before she's going to go to the king and expose who she really is. Like she actually backs off and she's like, no, 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 not me. And it's her cousin that says to her, Esther, for such a time as this, you've been called into royalty to save your people. It's like she even she didn't see it. Mm -hmm. And when you take a look at like everything that had to happen for her to be in that position at that time, like her parents had to be killed. She had to be born in Israel. She had to be exiled. She had to be thrown in the palace. The king had to have gotten rid of his queen. There was so much that went into orchestrating her destiny and our lives are no different. If we really look at them that like, we think that, you know, like I'll talk about those 12 years of wasted time and like, you know, all this stuff are Um, you know, when, when everything that was happening recently, um, around anti-racism, you know, at first I was like, you know, like, who am I? Like, no, not, that's not for me to like step up or say anything. And so really getting that everything that we have been through is for our own for such a time as this. And when we stop, um, disowning our own voice, when we stop doubting ourselves and when we stop being invisible to ourselves. And you can actually see, actually, y- you have been called, and and we all have been called. And um, so that's what I think is so powerful in the Esther story.
0: I love that. And what what would you say to someone that was wondering, you know, is kind of like, okay, I feel like I've been called, Venus, but <laughs> I don't know what my big divine assignment is yet. And I don't know how I'm supposed to help people or show up in the world. Pray.
1: Mm. You know, that's the first thing. So when Esther, it was, it was very clear or became clear what her divine assignment was. And she had a choice. We have free will. She could have said no. Um, But I think there's a line that says God's work will be done with or without you. So she, she accepted her calling. But the first thing that she did was she went into spiritual principle and she went into prayer and fasting for three days. And that's where I believe that she was really seeking divine guidance because she knew that her in and of herself didn't have the power um or the strategy to um fulfill this divine assignment and but when when we ask for the higher power to give us this wisdom or this insight uh truly ask and it is given
0: yes yes i love that and i think that that's such an important reminder that people need consistently to hear because we have a culture that wants like a quick fix. Like, am I going to like rub a crystal ball and someone's going to tell me, can I like pay someone this? And they'll just send me an envelope in the mail. that will be like, this is what you have to do. But so much is us going on that journey. And like you said before, really um, knowing knowing ourselves, knowing ourselves and, and really trusting that crystal clear
1: guidance can is absolutely available to us at any time also that takes some digging and it takes some patience um, but more than anything I think it takes faith knowing that it's actually there
0: yes yes okay I have two more things I want to <laughs> I have so Great. many questions and they're all like if you see my eyes are just in post-it notes all over my <laughs> screen that's why <laughs> um you talk about the injured feminine instinct Mm -hmm. And I think this is really important to touch on a little bit um, Because I do see this come up with a lot of my clients about Particularly them having trouble receiving Mm -hmm. Them being uncomfortable receiving and I feel like that's a big part of queenhood Right Mm -hmm. is being able to receive and being supported So can you discuss a little bit more about what you mean by the injured feminine instinct in your book?
1: Sure so Femininity is about receiving Masculinity is about giving And we can just take a look we are so Idolizing almost even addicted to the masculine dynamics in our society that you can think about how much more comfortable Are you to give like you'd so much rather give someone a birthday present than receive one and you'd so much rather um, Give advice than be open and vulnerable to receiving uh, feedback or reflection And that really comes down to our injured feminine instinct. Like it hasn't been taught or modeled to us how to get great at receiving, how to uh, be safe in receiving and, and just how to do it with grace. I mean, look, look at, think about how uncomfortable it is for most women to even receive a compliment. It's like, oh, I love the dress. Like, oh, this old thing, you know, it's like, we just deflect it almost, you know, without even thinking about it. So what I've boiled it down to is anything that is not working at the level in your life that you desire, all comes down to your inability to receive or your inability to receive at a certain level. Mm -hmm. So financial struggles inability to comfortably receive financial abundance, Um, uh, isolation, you know, inability to receive like real connection and friendship, Um, romantic love, the same thing, you know, and so one of the practices of queenhood is to get great at receiving uh whether it's a parking space in front of like right in front of the farmer's market um you know a high-end client whatever it is like practice getting really great at receiving
0: and is there any practice you have for that or is it simply acknowledging when something is coming and like openly being like I received this parking space you know I received this man holding the door open or whatever it is
1: um I find that when especially when it's been a wounded area I have to really work through intention um because if I drive by that parking spot won't be there so if I'm really looking to get great at receiving I've got to start to program my mind and say mantras and speak in intention um and really cultivate it and then go slowly to be aware when it does show up
0: hmm so give me an example of a receiving mantra that you would use or that maybe you've used in the past that you liked um i so okay i I, and i
1: we might have even talked about this at the the dinner party we were at so for so long i had when i was building my business i was so committed to um getting the clients and making the money building the brand whatever that is so i was like in work 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 mode and i would go to different seminars and i would see like the mastermind pitches that were sold there and stuff and like i just i i i never saw my people like i like i didn't want to just i never felt like i really fit in and i thought that it was it was all them and it was all outside of me But when I looked deeper and over a period of time, what I realized was that I didn't have a belief that my tribe or my people actually existed. Mm. So then I would just go and I would create these experiences for myself where I'd end up at seminars where like there would be mastermind groups I'd want to sign up for, but I wouldn't because it it, it wasn't my tribe or my people. And so I had to start to program myself and really believe that, um, I think the mantra was something like you know I have the most amazing community of friends I have the most like what was it the most fun high vibe amazing community of friends where we get together often and it's like literally just like creating the vision and said that over and over and over again and like really made the decision that my people did exist even though I had zero vision of it like I I had a uh, a notion of what I craved, but I I couldn't actually imagine having a community of friends that like had it all. Like I had like my business colleagues, and I had friends who knew me when, so they're kind of like family. But you know, and then I had like friends that like were like super fun, but they were like kind of shallow. Like it was like I didn't I didn't I had this belief that I couldn't have it all in a particular community of friends until I changed the belief. And then that's exactly what happened.
0: I love that. And I love the belief. That's one of the things I like doing is EFT. And I, one of the things I love about EFT, which could have just been one of the people that I learned it from was the belief that, well, when it's how they taught me how to start it out was pretty much you talk about what you want to attract um, if you're doing that kind of EFT, And then you say, the only reason I don't have it is because I'm blocking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like something in me. Yes. Blocking it, right. And so I love that, that that's pretty much what you're saying. is like, if you're looking at your life and you're like, I don't have that, or, or I want that and I'm not getting it. It's because you have got some miswired belief systems just right now saying that you're available to not have it and that maybe it doesn't exist or it's not for you um which is just such a point of power right yeah totally and It's like i'm the queen and so if, if i don't have it it's simply because i haven't thought to ask for it yet <laughs> Yep, yeah, it's
1: yep yeah, or believe that even if i ask for it that it will absolutely
0: manifest absolutely And I love even just your method for that. I feel like, like you said, is it's simple. It's really looking at it and saying, okay, well, this hasn't been here. What am I believing? What stories am I telling myself? What have I been available for, unavailable for right now? And then how do I make that decision again to shift it and have a mantra and replay that and envision it? And I love that you said that you couldn't even imagine that because I think that's, I relate to that so much where sometimes it's like you you kind of know what you want but you can't see it because you haven't fully experienced it and that's like fine too like don't let that stop you from manifesting it or for holding that space Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the last thing I want to talk to you about that I think is just so it just came I think it's probably honestly because I personally relate to so much and I was like oh this is a gift this is a gift for me too (laughs) um is how you you talked about um this about how you didn't accept the how do I say this not that you didn't accept there are parts of you're trying to hide publicly Right, And it wasn't because they were bad, but you just just didn't think, oh, like are the people that follow me for life coaching and self-help going to like that I like nice clothes or that I like traveling. And I think one of the parts of your journey that I think is so beautiful that I was like, oh, Uh, soul medicine for me was really acknowledging that like you could be full bloom. You could show all the Gina and people are going to actually love you even more for that. You want to talk a little bit about that journey, because I feel like a lot of people go on that that blossoming into fully acceptance?
1: Yes, I mean, this is where becoming unapologetic comes in. This is where audacity comes in. Um, you know, a people, well the right people, I should say, love the love the realness. And we women have been so programmed to just tell everyone else what we think they want to hear so uh, it was recently a friend um sent a little group text there was like four of us or whatever and was like hey you know i'm really like getting cabin fever you know got to get out of the house want to go for a hike but this particular person had just moved here so she's like i don't really know of any great hiking spots in la like do you guys have any recommendations and so like i knew the other people that were in the 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 group chat and they um they they're they definitely have had a commitment to their physical routine. <laughs> uh, so the, the, like, and they're like, they're those girls, right? They're the the yoga girls. They're like the, they got this, that part of it down. And I was just like, Gina, you, you couldn't find a hike in LA to save your life. <laughs> And like you know i was like do i just let them go first cuz like i knew they had this or like and i was just like i wrote her back and i was like look it. if you need to know what beach club to go to in the south of france or where to buy a caftan i'm your girl but i've <laughs> need a recommendation on where to go for a hike um, no i'm not and like, like the the chat blew up and it was like so much more interesting to them but i was just being myself and um and I think that's just like what everyone whether it's like the funny stuff or like the really like core deep personal stuff it's like what's most personal is what's most universal and when we stop hiding that like when i if i thought i needed to like make it look like it was more into physical fitness than than i am yeah. <laughs> You know like it's it's just not it's it's not what people want it's not that interesting they got their hike recommendation anyways it was like um i think the more we just really get what's so awesome about each of us is the real parts of ourselves not the parts that we think other people want to see from us um however that does require surrounding yourself with people who really get you and see the best in you um and so Make that commitment to yourself that you will just surround yourself with people who um, want the real you.
0: Yeah. And being unapologetic about it and unavailable, especially if it's socially or being online, you know, realizing that, hey, if you show a part of yourself and someone's not into it, then bye, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Oh, yeah. I got recently, when I was on my motorcycle trip, I got this DM, this woman was like, you know, I've been following you for years, and you know, I think it's terrible as a leader that you're 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 modeling such. I'm paraphrasing now because I can't remember it, but <laughs> irresponsible activity or something like that. And I said, wow. How is it that I'm? Uh, modeling irresponsible activity. I'm on a motorcycle <laughs> ride. I'm wearing a mask. I'm washing my hands. I'm taking nutritional supplements to keep my immune system high. It's, uh, but it's like she's like, well you're not you're not showing any of us that and I was like and my husband wanted to take the phone out of my hand." <laughs> was like, no, no. No, no, not to. And I was like, it is. The reason why I started this Instagram account is not because I feel it is my obligation to take a picture every time I wash my hands or wear a mask. I said, I'm not going to take a picture every time I put my seatbelt on either. I do it because it's the right thing to do. And if you are assuming that's not what's going on then that's more on
0: you than me. I didn't say all that. But that's all I wanted to say i feel you i feel you i've gotten some of those uh some texts like that as well and <laughs> and like listen if i pull my mask down so i can record an instagram story when no one else is around i promise it's going back up. but it's like i call them the instagram police and uh and i pray for them because why do they have the time <laughs> why do they have the time to police the interwebs <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: I, and part of my, my queen lead, but you know, I used to not respond to the, I'd either just delete them or not respond. And because I was trying to do this, this spiritual thing of like, you get what you focus on. <laughs> and um, what I have found is that they will keep coming back <laughs> with like seven more sisters if you don't actually. Um, no, but what I found was it, my not responding wasn't spiritual, it was actually doing a spiritual bypass. Cause I didn't want to confront and I didn't want to be visible and I didn't want to deal. And so when I found that I'm like, I'm giving myself permission to be me and actually respond. And then to my knowledge, it's gone away.
0: Yeah. Same here. Actually I found that sometimes they just want to know that like you listened to them, like they just want that moment of like, okay, she got it. And then I've actually all mine have pretty much like dissipated into relative kindness after that, where I was just like, oh, okay, just wanted to make sure, you know, Um, almost because they were expecting that. And I too, I used to do that when I first started, it would, I would just be like, oh, forgive and delete, you know. (laughs) 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 Then I was like, oh, no, it actually would be, especially, and I love you know, just to bring it back home. I love the using that word queen, right? It really just does give you that a good reference point when you think about that. Like in that situation, I'm like, no, the queen is gonna, you know, she's gonna deal with it, right? She's not gonna like just hide from it. So it's such Mm -hmm. an important um, point.
1: For sure.
0: All right, Gina, this has been so much fun. I feel like I could talk to you about things in your book forever. Um, is I've there any blast. one last you know parting remark that you want to share with the ladies that could be about you know bending time and space and manifesting something or stepping into your queendom whatever you
1: yes want I think the one of the biggest lessons even for me this year has really been about I think your community already knows to be living your best life and be going for it in general and that our epic life is available to us and it doesn't come with any except so it's like if our epic life is available it's not like we you know we can live our best life except if there's a pandemic going on except if you know and, you know if there was more money in the bank except if i was more support like we don't need any of the accepts. We have been given the awesome opportunity to live our epic lives no matter what no excuses policy and as women let's not let ourselves off the hook that easily anymore because every time we do we we don't step into the level of leadership that this world needs and whether you're meant to lead your household your company your community your nation, whatever it is, the world is craving feminine leadership. And it's what you've been designed for and programmed for, and it's what you've been working on your whole life. So I think that we've diminished that because we thought someone else knew better, someone else was smarter, or someone else could handle it better. And if this uh, great awakening year of 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we know enough, we know plenty, And uh, let's go live the epic lives that we've all been designed to live.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Amen to that. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much, Gina. And everyone that's listening, uh, check out the links below. I'm going to link where you can buy Gina's book, The Audacity to be Queen. Highly, highly recommend. Um, beautiful summer reading, as well as I'll put all of her links below to follow her on social media. She's always doing awesome Instagram videos you guys should follow along, you'll love. And thank you so much. Just thank you so much for your time. This was so beautiful to chat with you.
1: Oh, it's been amazing. Such a pleasure to be here. And I'll also make sure that you have a link for our companion course. So whether or not your readers buy the book, which I want you to, um, but we have a free companion course too, because I just really want this information inside every queen out there
0: amazing perfect yeah so the companion course link will be right below as well thank you so much and Um, i'll see you guys next time thank you